0: Hello, and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the feminist podcast with really good vibes. Um, and in this case, vibes is short for graders. Today we have Kellen,
1: Jules, and Bianca.
0: Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and issue a disclaimer here. Um, if you are related to any of the hosts, like, Maybe just stop listening right now. It might get a little bit weird for you. We know that we have relatives who listen, and this just might be one to skip. We appreciate your support, but maybe see you next week. I don't know. Um, And the reason for that is that today we are talking about sex toys. Um, We've obviously done a few different episodes about sex for this podcast. Like just last week, for example, we talked about sex work and labor with the folks from peep.me. Definitely check that out if you haven't listened yet. Um, But I thought it would be fun to discuss sex toys, Specifically, Uh, lots of different things can fall under the purview of sex toys. So, like, you know, we're talking vibrators, dildos, sex swings, ropes, chains, handcuffs, butt plugs, strap ons, cock rings, anal beads, fleshlights, gags, whips, blindfolds, paddles, probably also a bunch of other stuff I haven't thought of or even heard of yet. And maybe we'll get into that and I'll learn some new things today. and besides there being a lot of objects, I think there's a lot of subjects to talk about with this. Um, I think it really intersects with questions of pleasure, stigma, sexuality, gender, and so much more. So I'm excited to get into it. And if all of us weren't exciting enough, we are also joined today by a very cool guest. So uh, Jamie, do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Jamie. I use she, her pronouns, and I teach sex education to middle and high schoolers. Before I started doing that, I taught high schoolers and college students about consent and about healthy relationships. I'm super excited to talk about sex toys because it's actually the topic that got me interested in sex education to begin with. I
0: love that.
2: When I was a freshman in college, I had to write a paper for a course called Taboo and Transgression. And of course, I wanted to one-up my classmates and pick the most taboo topics that I could think of. (laughs) So I interviewed a group of classmates who'd been assigned female at birth about their experiences with and attitudes towards masturbation. Many of them told me that they didn't learn that they could masturbate or even that female bodies were capable of orgasm until college. For a lot of the folks I interviewed, sex toys were an important and sometimes really fraught and intimidating tool for figuring all of that out. After I wrote that paper, I knew I wanted to talk to people about sex for a living and I hopefully can help kids learn about pleasure
0: a little bit earlier in life. I love that so um, yay welcome to season of the bitch we're so happy to have you here with us Um, I thought it could be interesting to get started by talking about like our first experiences with sex toys like I mean not even necessarily when did you first use a sex toy lol but like you know when you first became aware of them as a thing how you thought of them as a young age you know maybe when you first got one like um, yeah anybody want to jump in and talk about that
3: yeah i feel like i had a very cute first sex toy shopping experience so i can talk a little bit about that um so i definitely my best friend and i in college went and bought our first sex toys together um it was so cute cute. (laughs) um and just like really the perfect way to do it um we definitely had this experience kind of like you talked about jamie of like not really learning what the full range of like sex and sexual pleasure can be like for people with vaginas until college. Um, My friend was in like a long-term relationship with like a partner she had been with since high school. And it was like a very sexually fulfilling relationship for him, not so much for her. um, And like, she hadn't realized that that was like common or a thing that a lot of people go through um, until we met and like started talking about our sex lives. I was a nerd and had not really had any sex but I had watched a lot of YouTube videos about sex that were like you should use sex toys and I was like great but like what does that even mean Um, and like I had not had penetrative sex with a partner yet so like in my sex life it had never felt like something that I needed or was missing but I was like also at the time in a relationship that was not like that sexually fulfilling and was like wanting to experiment more with like What do I actually want? What do I actually like in terms of sex? Um, And so we were just like, we're just going to go. Like, we've heard that this is a thing. We don't really know anything. Let's just like go buy vibrators and see what happens. (laughs) So we went to this really cute sex toy shop in New York. It's called Babeland. It's like very queer friendly. I've I've been there. Yeah. It's so nice. I actually, I really want to go back now. It's like, (laughs) hopefully open again because like the pandemic obviously it was not really an option but um yeah so we went there and we were just like asking the people there like they are really good at answering questions and stuff so we're just like here's like all the things we want they like picked some things out for us um and we like each left the shop with our very first vibrators and it was really cute and like um yeah it was just it was a very nice experience and totally the opposite of like, what I had previously associated with sex toys, which was kind of like seedy, weird, like creepy old men owning a weird store that sells porn and like maybe a dildo, but like (laughs) not a very good one. And like, um, yeah, it was just really nice to like free myself from some of that stigma and also like get to do it with someone that I really cared about.
0: That's amazing. I love that story. Like, I know for me, I think my introduction to sex toys probably came in the form of watching Sex in the City in high school, which was also my sex education, basically, which is a, a terrible Hell way yeah. to get sex. Out. <laughs> Just awful. Um, but I, I do know that there was an episode with like a sex swing that really stuck with me and I still, still remember that. I think I got my first vibrator at like, I want to say like 18. Um, I was living at home at the time and I like had a real conundrum about how to get one because I definitely did not want to go to a brick and mortar sex shop in Charlotte, North Carolina because my image of it was exactly what you were describing, Julia. Like I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not going inside one of those places. Um, And so and I also was like, do I give my credit card to a random like internet store that seems creepy? Like, I mean, this was like 10 years ago, um, and I i don't know. I was just like, I don't want to get my identity stolen. I, there's a lot of, like, concerns that I was having that I think were actually more about, cons- like, this scariness of getting a sex toy than, like, reality. But I was really nervous about it. And so what I ended up doing was I – made a totally new Amazon account specifically for this one purchase so that it wouldn't come up on my family's order history, but it would come in an Amazon box so that nobody would be suspicious of it when it arrived. Um, Nice. Yeah, so that was – I put a lot of thought into this. Um, But even after getting one, I didn't, like, use it that often, I don't think. Like, regularly I didn't use it for, like, a really long time. Um, I think because it still felt like – weirdly shameful and like something i needed to hide or avoid um and like eventually that did change um it's been really nice as like an adult being in a place where i can feel more open actually talking about this stuff with friends or partners um i remember (laughs) during the pandemic being on a zoom call with one host of the show who remained nameless who proudly showed off their new vibrator and we all like cheered um and I have another friend that I've exchanged vibrator recommendations with as another example, although I, I did give her bad advice because the one I recommended broke on me a couple months later. So oh. Oops, my bad. Um, anyway, it's just it's really nice to be in relationships of all kinds where people feel open, like talking about sex and sexual experiences and sexual preferences. And I feel like conversations about sex toys definitely feel like part of that.
2: Yeah, I agree. I learned about sex toys, I think from a sex ed book when I was in high school, the first I'd ever heard of them. But I never really thought a vibrator was something or sex toy in general was something I could have. Mm-hmm. Like, it just never crossed my mind that mm-hmm. I could have one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so my my mother's friend actually gave me my first vibrator. It was very little and very weak
1: um, when I was in college, Aww. but I was...
2: So excited. And I was really, when she gave it to me, I was trying so hard like not to blush or like not to be too excited and let, let her on to the fact that I really wanted it. Um, but I wanted to be thankful. It was a very weird situation to navigate. Um, but I then, a couple of weeks later, went to Bland, much like you, Julia, uh, oh. with some friends and got another one. Um, and then since then, I've, I've amassed a pretty sizable collection just by being on a lot of text toy websites Nailing lists and waiting until they have sales and getting them really mm. deeply discounted. Um, I've stopped doing that now because I think I have too many. But for a while <laughs> there, I was really, really diligent about it. Um, that's and I would a really also good approach. Actually, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, if you if you don't pull your email up in front of other people, <laughs> um, but I helped some college students <laughs> with like all the images with, all with my credit cards. Yes, exactly. And the the like clickbaity headlines. You get from <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you said you you, uh, you like. But yeah, your,
2: I love facilitating.
0: You let your friends in college Sorry. use your credit card to buy sex toys so that their parents wouldn't know. Yes. Oh my god! That's Sorry, awesome. yeah, I um,
2: I uh would love. I loved facilitating people getting their first vibrators after I had gotten mine from uh, oh from Lam, So yeah,
1: I was wow. always trying
2: to help people do that. I love in whatever that. way I could.
1: Yeah, I also love like. Being face-to-face with the person who gave you your first vibrator. And like, I don't know. I feel like I would be like, so like, okay, thanks. Like, I don't, I'm like not sure what to say. So I think that's really incredible. Um, I was in college when I got my first vibrator. Like, I think like you, Jamie, I kind of had known what the options were since I was young. I had also gotten this like sex ed and puberty book from my mom when I was like 10 years old. And so I like read The whole thing but like i was nervous to buy one when i was still living with my parents because they opened my mail like they still do so i'm like (laughs) i I can't i I mean i told them not to you know whatever that's a separate (laughs) issue but um so i was like well i'm not going to order something to the house because like my parents are going to open it and they're going to be like what's this so when i was in college i was like okay now's the time um i ordered one on amazon And like, I did not make a separate account. I was like, my whole family shares an account. I'm not going to make a new one. I'm just ordering it on this account. But I kind of banked on them just like not bringing it up because I thought they would just be like, okay, like, you know, Bianca's in college now. There's no way. I was like, they're not going to just text or call me to ask me about something in the order history. (laughs) Especially since, yeah, I was like, whatever. But like, especially since I remembered how my mom gave me that sex ed book, like she just Walked into my room, handed it to me, and was like, here, and then just like walked out. So I knew there was some level of like avoidance or reticence to talking about sex, which to be clear is like not a good way to handle teaching your kids about sex. But in this particular case, it worked out for me because I was like, okay, like they didn't ever bring it up. And so I've had that vibrator ever since. Amazing. And yeah. I, I uh, like it a lot. The, the the what you said about
0: your mom just like handing you a sex ed book at ten and walking away is like literally exactly what my mom did for me <laughs> as well. Seriously, like, I still remember the cover of it Same, like yeah. a little cartoon. Like, okay, I, yes, I love my mom, but I that's like one thing I've taken away is like if I have kids, I'm gonna be a little bit more hands on about explaining sex to them and like talking yeah. about things because i do think it, it's made it really hard i for me to talk about sex like uh until probably yeah. i didn't get comfortable with it until like my mid-20s probably um and i think a big part of that was because it was just like pretty i mean when i was six i asked my mom how babies were made and she gave me a matter-of-fact answer which was that It was also a very, like, cis-hetero answer, but she said that a man puts his penis in a woman's vagina, and that was it. She didn't explain that there was anything more to it than that, and so I used to be, like, very anxious about, like, going to, like, uh, pools and stuff and getting, like, too close (laughs) to, like boys because i was like i don't want any slip-ups around here. (laughs) oh my god
3: (laughs) i feel like that's a really common fear honestly because like adults are just bad at explaining sex to children and then it like gives you all these ideas that it could just like happen suddenly without (laughs) you doing anything this is also like before i had my
0: period there was no information that this was like something that you had to you know there there were it's steps that had to be taken before you got to that point but uh um, right anyway but yeah the the he, here's a sex book read it on your own time talk to yeah. me if you have any questions but really don't I think I don't
1: even think my mom offered that option she was like okay here Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so cool I, I had the same
2: thing and I read that book so curiously I like yeah. read it multiple times over yeah <laughs> I also wanted to jump in with your story Bianca and say that I once ordered a dildo to my mother's house when I was in college, like <laughs> literally to her address. And I immediately, and I didn't mean to do that. It was, you know, just, yeah. a, I guess, a pre saved address. And so I was like calling them and emailing them. And luckily oh they hadn't
0: sent
1: it out oh yet. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I would be calling customer service <laughs> frantically as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
0: That's so funny. I was I thinking it, um, I don't know if anybody has any other thoughts about how, like, how sex toys are, like, portrayed in popular media and stuff. Um, I – Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh,
1: I was just thinking about – well, I was just, like, looking at our notes, and I was, like, the only thing that popped into my head was – I don't know if any of you have seen Emily in Paris. I didn't even finish it. I watched, like, two episodes. But literally the first – Is it? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, um, okay. And <laughs> the Well, at the end of the first episode, I remember she's like, she just got into Paris and she'd been in like a relationship with like her boyfriend who lived in the United States and now they were long distance. And she brought her like Hitachi wand style vibrator where you had to like keep it plugged in while you were using it. And because the plugs or the voltage were different between the US and Europe when she started to use it it like caused the power in her building to go out and that was like the end of the episode and we're supposed to be like oh my god that's like funny and like shocking kind of thing but I was just like whoa what's happening I think it did also give me the like girl boss using a vibrator vibe because yeah. the car- like she is like girl boss she's yeah. TM yeah. So, I was, like, <laughs> so and we're gonna get into this part later but I was just like what's going on <laughs>
3: I feel like that also just that makes me think about like I there were no like specific media portrayals of sex toys that really stand out in my memory but I do feel like every portrayal that comes to mind is something like that where it's like a weird embarrassing situation caused by your sex toy like I feel like there will be a lot of scenes of like oh you're in like airport security and the bag starts vibrating they're like what is that and it's your vibrator or like um I feel like there was in, in the show Weeds, which is like kind of about this like mom, but she's kind of like sexy and sex positive. Um, and she like takes the batteries out of the remote to put in her vibrator or something. Cause they're like out of batteries. And then someone's like, where's the batteries in the remote? It's like always, it was always like framed as something inconvenient or that's like going to come up and interfere with your life in all of these mm-hmm. ways. Um. Which I think is interesting as, or just, like, kind of as a joke. Like, I feel like the Emily and Paris thing, it's just, like, it's just played for laughs, it sounds like. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's interesting that it's, like, rarely in kind of, like, I don't know, a romantic or, like, emotionally meaningful sex scene that there will be, like, right. sex toy use.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a sex scene in a movie or TV show that involved a sex toy. The
0: only one that I can no. think of is the sex swing from sex in the city but I don't know if they like really got into it that much. I don't remember like a lot about it I just remember it happening and of course it was Samantha who's like the slut
3: um, right I feel like there might be a couple Samantha sex toy things like handcuffs or like right but none of maybe it is like even yeah. a dildo at some this point. is like
0: what normal people do you know it's right. like oh that Samantha like... being Samantha using <laughs> <Right>. sex toys
3: <laughs> classic <laughs> Uh, that's also I mean in that show they make it seem like it's weird to give head also like that's an out there thing that only sluts do so uh, there's a lot okay. a lot of oh limits if you're taking that um yeah
0: so um I think another thing another thing that could be interesting to talk about is like sex toys and sexting sex toys and and like COVID during isolation like that kind of stuff
2: yeah, for sure. Sorry. Now I'm like, I don't know
3: what I want to say. No, that's okay. <laughs> <did the> <laughs> we can always oh, come back. Man, I guess one thing are. I, I kind yeah, of something that's, like sort of on this topic and then oh, yeah, like, I, maybe it. it'll spark something for you. I was just thinking about like, I mean, okay. So we've been talking about like how hard it is to get access to sex toys and how it's something that like all of us kind of only did a bit later in life and like I was also just thinking about how during quarantine like I don't know if this is really true that it's more common during this time but like I feel like I have heard and just seen like people tweeting about just more examples of like repurposing household items into (laughs) sex toys um and I think like you know we've all heard the horror stories of like I don't know, someone like used a banana as a dildo. And it's like, don't, don't do that. Like really, if you're going to be putting something inside your body, it should probably be something that was designed for that, Mm -hmm. um, ideally. Um, And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that later with things that you're putting in your butt also, because that's like... Don't, you don't want to put anything that might get lost in there. Don't want to put but, anything that can get squished in there. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> um, but I think for some other types of sex toys, um, like for example, you know, like pillows and props that can help you change your position during sex, um, things like handcuffs or rope or things that you might be using to like restrain a partner or like tickle or like hit a partner during sex. um, Those are things that like can be a little bit more like you might repurpose something that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I personally have found that like, especially for like ropes and like tying people up, it can be kind of fun to like, if you don't have something on hand, just like find whatever's available. It might be like, I don't know, like a belt, for example, or really just whatever you have on hand. Um, And I think it's something that like during quarantine, I guess just because, like, we were inside all the time and it was, like, you weren't really leaving your house for some reason that made it feel, like, more just, like, an adventure to, like, go through your house and be, like, what what could be a sex toy here? Like, what are we going to use? And I feel, like, honestly, like, having used both, like, random household items and actual sex toys for some of these purposes, I think sometimes, like, the random household item can be more fun in certain ways because it's, like, it might be something that's, like, meaningful to you in some other way it might be like a fun adventure with a partner or just with yourself to be like what what's around here that i can (laughs) use um so i don't know that's just something i've been thinking about because i feel like it is it's really important to make it more normalized for people Mm -hmm. to purchase sex toys and like especially again with things we're putting in our bodies like making sure that all of that is like easily accessible but I also think it can be fun to like play around with what what can be a part of sex and like what what is a sex toy. Let's let's push the boundaries of what can be a sex toy. Thank you for coming to my talk. I
2: love that. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. And and sex toys can be so expensive. I mean, it's it's really yeah. We're talking about for younger folks that are really not accessible, but also like for folks who just don't have disposable income to spend on multi sometimes multi hundred dollar. Items. Um, I guess the the one thing I think about when when repurposing household items is just making sure you're doing everything safely. Doing a quick Google search if you need to before maybe hitting someone with something that you haven't hit them with before. Just knowing like where to do it. Yes, in that's order to keep point. that person safe. Um, but no, totally a proponent of of homemade stuff as long as as long as it's happening in a way that feels physically and, and emotionally safe.
3: I guess so sort of on that note we also wanted to talk a little bit more about just like the stigma around sex toys um and maybe a little bit about how that's changing or how we've kind of seen it change um i feel like when i was growing up a lot of the media portrayal of sex toys was that they were for primarily straight cis women who were dating straight cis men who like didn't know how to please them sexually um and I do think like sex toys can add a lot of enjoyment to many people's sex lives and like, that's great. And as long as that's what both people or all people involved want, that's great. But I really hate this idea that like using sex toys is kind of like a failure of your partner to be able to get you off without sex toys, as opposed to just like one tool in the toolbox, so to speak, um, that can, you know, it's like no better or worse than any other. Um, I think this has gotten better in the past few years just like with more of an acknowledgement that there are all different types of bodies and there are so many different like types and uses of sex toys and it's not just for one gender or one type of person Um, but I also feel like sex toys are still in a lot of ways portrayed in media as something that you can only use alone Um, and it does feel to me like it's kind of tied to just, like, our existing Puritan cultural stigma against masturbation, I think while using sex toys by yourself can be super fun, like, I primarily use them with partners, and it's weird to me that that is almost never portrayed in, like, mainstream media depictions of sex, um, which I think we talked about a little bit already, but, um, yeah, or, like, I think, really the only times that I've seen that it is portrayed as this really like extreme kinky thing it's like only the Samantha of the group would do this (laughs) um and you know to be clear this is a pro slut podcast like being a slut is great but you can use lots of sex toys by yourself or with just one partner or whatever like it really has nothing to do with how many people you're hooking up with or like what kinds of kinks you might be into outside of that um I think it's like really just a pretty common thing that a lot of people will encounter and use at some point in their lives. Um, and it's funny to me that it still kind of has this association of being like really out there or weird.
0: On the note very quickly of us being a pro slut podcast, I think it's important to share with our listeners that our um, group text chain is called co-host hotties colon slut era right now. <laughs> so... Let yes. us never be
3: accused of not being a pro-slut podcast. Incredible. Not only are we pro-slut, we are all sluts right now. So,
2: <laughs> Julia, I was, I was laughing when you said that it's one tool in your toolbox because I actually keep all of my sex toys in toolboxes. That's amazing. And I even have like a little part oh my god, cut out on the I back. I so You that. could like put the charger out. You could like charge it. Oh and, my like, god, that's so smart. Wow. It's engineered and, and everything. Um, but I, I totally agree about the kind of weird narratives around partnered sex toy use or even, you know, somebody not being satisfied and so wanting to use a sex toy. I feel like I have this image in my head and I this could be from a movie or multiple, I, I'm not sure, of like, you know, a woman and a man having sex and the man goes to sleep and the woman like kind of shamefully uses the vibrator like mm, off the side of the yeah. bed. Um, so I was talking to a friend and her partner and they've been together for probably... For so years at this point. And it came up that they'd never used a sex toy together. And so I asked her if she had a vibrator and she said she did, but it had just never occurred to either one of them to use it together. Mm. And I was really surprised by that. But I think it does make sense given how little partnered sex toy uses ever talked about or represented. When I'm teaching my seventh graders about partnered sex, using sex toys is right there on the list of all of the different acts that the word sex can mean. I literally wrote it on the board today. <sighs> Um, To me, using sex toys is is sex.
0: I love that. Um, I love that you're teaching seventh graders this. Again, I wish that I had Jamie in my life as a child to teach me these things. Um, I just think it's so important as kind of a side note to be expansive about what we mean when we say sex. And I like and I mean that in a really positive way, like when i was in sex ed i was definitely taught that sex was a very specific act and specifically that it was penetrative in course but intercourse rather between a person with a penis and a person with a vagina um hand stuff not quite sex oral sex uh also not quite sex but closer and anal sex is um question mark uh and like in this schema there's no room for people for example who have matching genitals to have like quote unquote real sex which is obviously super invalidating to a whole range of experiences um and so for me like embracing my queerness for example has also met embracing that sex can be lots of different things and acts um and i think we'll we'll talk more about queerness in a bit but like on another personal note, I've been seeing a queer cis man for the last couple of months, and he's the first, like, openly bi dude I've ever dated. And one thing I really like um, is, and one thing that reminds me about dating like queer women in our relationship is that he instinctively gets this idea that like lots of different things are sex and he talks about sex really expansively in that sense and i think that's like i I do think that that is in part like a queer person thing because i I know for a fact he had shit sex ed too again where was jamie when we were teenagers um and i i just really like what you're saying about toys fitting into the schema as well like partner toy use is so much fun. Um, and I totally agree with both of y'all that there's this like weird narrative that needing a toy is evidence of a partner's failure in some capacity. But I think that with like, especially with good communication, toys just round out the experience of sex and can make it more fun and exciting or more fulfilling or can even make it more intimate and bring you closer together rather than acting as something that drives you apart. You know?
2: Yeah, I think a lot about, about what it would mean to teach sex ed in a way that normalizes queer sex just as much as anything else. Mm. And for me, part of that is, for example, talking about anal sex in the way that you talk about vaginal sex. Mm -hmm. I once had a a colleague say to me, how can you talk to our seventh graders, because she teaches seventh grade too, how can you tell them about anal sex? They're way too young. But if they're old enough to be talking about vaginal sex, they need to be talking about anal sex at the same time. And I think the same is true with sex toys. You can talk about Sex that people are having um, in general. You can talk about queerness and sex toys as part of that.
0: I love that. Um, so I guess another thing that we wanted to talk about is just like this recent trend in like girl boss style sex toy shit, which Bianca like alluded to with their discussion of Emily and Paris. Um, and I was doing some research for this episode <laughs> on my work computer, which I'm now realizing is like. Maybe not my smartest move. (laughs) Like, I literally just Googled sex toys on a Penn State-owned laptop, which is technically a laptop owned by the state government of Pennsylvania. Um, My bad, guys. Uh, Your (laughs) your tax dollars at work. Um, I came across an article from Vice called (laughs) Why Every Sex Toy is Suddenly Cute and Pastel Colored. Um, And they interviewed a PR person for an adult for adult products who said, quote, "Quite quite often if you put the branding of your favorite makeup brand next to a new sex toy logos, sex toy brand's logo, there wouldn't be much difference. Rebranding as health and wellness products appeals to the mainstream and places sex toys as an everyday household object." And a differenting market different marketing expert that they interviewed had a similar thought and said, "This new generation of sex toys looks much more artful and pairs well with what's trending elsewhere in fashion and design." Um, and I'll, I'll say this too, like all three of the hosts on this episode have had a lot of experience writing the New York city subways. So I'm guessing we've all seen some of the marketing campaigns that I'm talking about or like otherwise have had them come for us on Instagram or other platforms. Like I'm thinking like smooth matte surfaces, like, like they said, pastels, Instagrammable content. Like the message that I, I feel like I get from a lot of these advertisements is like, sex toys are empowering for a girl boss like yourself. And like, while they are really, you know, like aesthetically pleasing, there's also something alienating to me a little bit about that style of marketing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, I think well yeah I mean like the thing is like you go and you look at the website that they're advertising you're like oh every sex toy is like 300 plus dollars it's like first of all it's like cost prohibitive so I'm like okay this like is part and parcel with like this girl boss imagery Mm -hmm. but I've seen this for sure I think that's like definitely the vibe I think it's just weird it's uncanny to me because like on the one hand they're trying to like destigmatize sex toys in some way it's like oh like you're seeing this on the subway. So like when we're gesturing at sex in the public setting, it's not that weird. But then on the other, they're sort of presenting this like pseudo sex positivity in a way that they hope is like not too wild, easily digestible and won't cause like too much pearl clutching. So I think this ties into what you were saying Julia about like our culture being very puritanical and at its core still prioritizes like quote unquote decency, which is like a very loaded term and respectability, which I think girl bosses love. Like they want their sex toy to fit in with their sixty dollar candle and their I don't know, like other expensive glasswares and like you know, like I don't know. It's like using sex toys as an aesthetic choice alone and not just not like its full range of purposes, which I think is very like limiting also.
2: Yes, that's such a good point. You're you're making me think about this Instagram account called Queer Nightstands. I don't know if any of y'all have seen it but it's pictures of different nightstands that queer people submit. And a lot of them have sex toys on the nightstand. So sometimes they're uh, this kind of aesthetic, fancy candle, um, crystals, and then your your sex toy. And sometimes it's like cigarettes, you know, dirt, books. Yeah. Butt plug, you know, you, you <laughs> see all of these interesting different like vignettes.
1: Yeah. It's like,
2: uh, I also, yeah, uh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just saying like No, you go for it. They're okay. Like they're trying to like make it look like it's not set up, but it's like very clearly set up. And I'm like, I hate I hate all of this.
2: <laughs> it's also so interesting to me that vibrators have this kind of girl boss empowerment discourse surrounding them. But then sex toys that are designed for penises are often cast as pretty shameful or or gross almost. I don't know many people, for example, who would admit to having a flashlight in the way that a lot of people talk really proudly about their vibrators.
0: Yeah, totally. Um and I was I yeah, I wonder if anybody has thoughts on why that is. Like I feel like maybe part of it is that there's a narrative that like penises are very easy to like quote unquote take care of without toys whereas like clitorises are supposed to be trickier and like just to return to like the cis hetero scripts, like if a woman can't come during sex, it's the man's fault. But if a man can't come during sex, there's something wrong with him. And like, obviously none of that is true, of course, but I, I do wonder if it shapes the way that society looks at something like a fleshlight, like Jamie said.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, I think that's very true what you said, Kellen. I think it does have to do with this, like cis heteronormative stereotype that like, men are super horny and come more easily than women do. Mm-hmm. And so if a man needs a toy to come or can't come that's like some sort of like sign that he's like sexually weak or something and so like by virtue of that by revealing as you that you as a cis man enjoy using toys like fleshlights to some is also like an admission of like sexual weakness and I think Jamie will go more deeply into this later but like I think this happens for like a few misguided reasons I think some of them we've already touched on one is just like viewing sex toys as a crutch in some ways, like as a second option. So like, if you can't get off without to- like if- like a second option that you use, if you can't get off without toys, which for some reason, like that is like the more preferred or natural option. Mm. And also because masculinity is just like very fragile. Like, <laughs> I'm not recommending that you do this, but if you look at like an incel forums, there are a lot of men who truly attach the entirety of their self-worth to their sexual prowess and capability and if they, like, view themselves as sexually impotent in one way or another, it has a tendency just to affect, like, their perception of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, of course, this all exists against this backdrop of, like, one, excluding trans people, for example, and two, like, failing to understand sex toys as part and parcel with the idea of having sex, as we discussed, and instead creating this hierarchy where, like, using toys is somehow a lesser, or more shameful form of sex than not using them.
3: Yeah, I think one thing I was thinking about, like, what you were saying, Jamie, about the, like, don't talk about anal sex rule, like, or, you know, that people have this idea kind of made me think of this as well. It's just like this idea that there's, like, a type of sex that's, like, good and pure or, like, okay and, like, maybe somewhat of a human need, so that's fine. But then everything outside of that is, like, unnecessary and therefore sort of like bad and dirty um I feel like there's um this writer and gender theorist Gail Rubin who talks about like the charmed circle of sexuality um and like basically when she was writing like she defined it as like you know married monogamous straight couple having sex for procreation is like the most sort of like charmed or like held like held up high on a pedestal form of sex and then everything that's like a step further from that it slowly gets like more and more frowned upon so like if you're not married but you're still like a monogamous straight couple that's trying to have kids that could be like one level below but then like if you're two queer people who are not trying to have kids in a poly relationship and you're using sex toys that would be like even further um and I feel like that kind of has to do with the whole like girl boss vibrator thing too because it's like there's this slight recognition to some extent now that like for some people in the cultural imagination it's always straight cis women like need vibrators to be able to have enjoyable sex and therefore it's okay for them Mm -hmm. to have one vibrator that they only use alone in secret <laughs> shamefully, but anyone else, like including anyone that has a penis, that's still like just not okay. And it's kind of outside of that like charmed circle of what sex should quote unquote be. Um, yeah, I just feel like it's very, it's like, the, it's like this binary of like what's okay and what's not okay, instead of like thinking of consent as the most important thing. Mm.
2: Yeah, I have to tell you, I met Gail Rubin once and I completely fangirled. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. I was
3: so excited. (laughs) Gail
2: Rubin is just incredible. So I appreciate that reference very much.
3: Yeah, that's so cool. I love her. Um, I also just have to say that like the narrative around cis women and people with vaginas needing sex toys to masturbate is also wrong. Like there's this way in which it gets framed that like, that's necessary for everyone. And I think that that's also not true. Um, I feel like definitely the media portrayal that I saw growing up kind of made it seem like most or all adult women like had a vibrator and like that's a little embarrassing, but kind of normal. And then like no men own any sex toys or if they do, it's because gasp, they're gay. (laughs) Um, And like, I think some people maybe sometimes feel more comfortable with the idea of like using a vibrator to masturbate instead of like their hands maybe because it feels a little bit more removed and like you're using a tool for it therefore it's like more of an official real thing that's allowed um (laughs) and I don't know like this is very like half-formed idea but I feel like this like the iPhone style like pastel colored vibrator trend is kind of like a part of that it's like don't use your hands ladies that's gross and you might like break a nail on your girl boss manicure (laughs) instead use this like cute little tool that we made just for this purpose like yeah yeah, it just feels very like I feel like it just goes along with this idea that um I think others have already talked about that vaginas are just like too confusing like no one can figure out how they work not even people who have them so like we need some sort of complicated technological device to like deal with that um And while sex toys are obviously amazing, I think it can also be really important and fun for people of all genders to experiment with masturbating without toys, too. I think it's just a really good way to figure out what you like and what your body responds to, um, what other people with similar genitals to yours might respond to, um, and just figure out, like, you know, make it easier to tell a partner what kind of sex you like also. Um, So that's, that's my soapbox about, you know, use your hands too. Toys are great, but we can have both.
0: So, um, Another thing that I wanted to um, sort of talk about broadly is like queerness and sex toys. Um, I think one thing that's really cool about queer relationships is that there might be like maybe a little bit more of a built-in level of openness to experimentation. Um, not that there aren't totally vanilla queer people, of course, but like I'm thinking of, for example, like the prevalence of strap-ons and lesbian sex, for example, um, and I also think that in like queer relationships, there might be more space to think about the ways that something like a strap can be really affirming gender wise, or like, maybe not gender wise, but affirming in other ways. Like, I'm a cisgender woman, um, but there's definitely something very empowering about strap-ons for me. Um, also, top fives, lol. Uh,
3: yeah. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> I I used to strap on for the first time somewhat recently. We and love to see it. it. Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Highly recommend it. Um, it's interesting. I was just thinking like when you were talking Kellen, cause like I actually expected it to be more tied to my feelings about my gender than it ended up being for me. Mm. But I do think that like topping and being dominant are roles that are often put sort of off limits to women in more of a cis straight mm-hmm. context. Um, And I think being able to like break out of that sort of learned norm was really empowering for me. Um, And I think also can just be fun to try in general. Um, I think if you are someone who is curious about what it might be like to have a dick during sex and you don't currently, highly recommend trying it out. Like maybe it will bring up gender feelings, maybe it won't, maybe it'll just be fun. And if you don't like it, you don't have to try it again. But (laughs) I think everyone should try it once. Absolutely.
2: I agree. I think sex toys can be extensions of bodies in really interesting ways, both in terms of making sex more gender affirming or trying out, you know, a different extension of your body than you normally have, like you were saying, but also in terms of expanding what our bodies are capable of doing sexually. I think so many people, particularly cis men, talk about sex toys as threatening because they see them as somehow replacing someone's body or one upping someone's body or being bigger or better in some way than someone's body But what sex toys actually do is add to what our bodies can do. They can broaden the variety of sensations our bodies can have, or that our bodies can give to other people. And they can also queer heterosexual or heterosexual presenting sex in really interesting ways. Disrupting heteronormative scripts of what sex should look and feel like. Like y'all said, we can explore gender gender roles and power with sex toys. Um, And pegging or whatever we wanna call it, we'll talk about language around it in a moment, is made possible by sex toys. For me, as a queer woman who has sex with people of all genders, I don't think I fully realized the ways in which I was fulfilling a lot of heteronormative sexual scripts in my sexual relationships with men until I started doing pegging and realized this is not how I want to be acting in these sexual relationships. I want these relationships to feel as comfortable to me as relationships I'm having with other queer folks. So it helped me to be my full queer sexual self in any kind of sex.
0: I love that um i'm so glad you brought up pegging i think it's really gonna be a fun thing to talk about um very here for it uh really hope my brother is not listening right now <laughs> um, davis if you are i told you to stop um but pegging is so much fun and um yeah zoe could not be with us today but she did have a message does somebody want to read this message from zoe I can read it. Thank you, Bianca.
1: Okay, so Zoe says, quote, please let the world know that I'm currently in a therapy appointment, but if I were not, I would be spreading that gospel that Season of the Bitch is an explicitly pro-pegging podcast. (laughs) We may not support pegging the patriarchy. The tweets about it being queerphobic are also very weird, so please stop that behavior. Thank you all so much in advance. Love you. Without further ado, please continue discussing queerness and strap-ons, end quote. (laughs) (laughs)
3: um okay i just feel like we have to explain this discourse a little bit for anyone who might not be aware um because there are like several layers to it so People may have seen that Cara Delevingne, we've established we don't know how to pronounce her name, um, wore this outfit to the Met Gala that said, peg the patriarchy. Um, You hate to see it when
0: someone that hot does something that problematic.
3: I know. And it's like, I actually liked the outfit, but I was just like, why did you have to make it say that? Which, So, you know, like, I think one reason that people criticized it that I agree with is that it makes it seem like you're advocating like sexual violence as a punishment for sexual violence right like the patriarchy is like perpetuating sexual harm therefore we're going to do something to them that they don't want to happen to them which is like that's bad you know don't sexually assault people period um shouldn't need to be said but also it turns out that Cara Delevingne slash her stylist, whoever, like, actually made this outfit, stole that phrase from this other artist who's a woman of color named Luna Matadas, um, and she had, like, a longer explanation about sort of what that phrase was meant to mean. I still personally think it's weird I'm like, I don't like the phrase, but it's also, like, bad that it was stolen and that this person didn't get, like, any payment for it. Yeah. Um, I also think just to jump in qu- real quick, I think that
0: there's it also lends itself to this idea that like pegging is somehow um, or like anal sex in general is somehow emasculating. That it's a yeah, it's yeah, yeah, violation punishment. of like what men should be doing, um, which I also think is just like terrible discourse.
3: Um, so I wanted to throw yeah. that out there as well. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah, Thank you for adding that. Um, so that was, you know, the most recent pegging discourse, but that also kind of revived this older discourse around basically whether we need a separate word, pegging, specifically for the use of sex toys between cis women and cis men. Um, personally, I feel like pegging can and should be a gender neutral term. Um, like, nothing in it says that it has to be like, only a cis straight woman pegging a cis straight man. Um, but it is often used by cis and or straight people who want to kind of separate their use of sex toys from queer and trans people's use of sex toys. Or I don't know, I shouldn't say that people use it because they want to do that. I just think sometimes that can be the impact is like trying to separate one specific sex act from like any other sex act that involves sex toys. Um, And I do think it has a specific connotation that can be useful when you're trying to describe that specific act. Um, But anyway, I think if it's a word that feels good to you and your partner and you like using it, I think you should. Um, I think it's also good to be aware that like some people don't like the word because it has that connotation of like cis woman, cis man. And so if you don't identify as either of those, you might not like using that term because it might feel like bad for gender reasons. Um, And unfortunately, we should also be aware that the term was coined as part of this contest that was held by Dan Savage, who is an enemy of the pod. Um, Unfortunately, like quite a few common um, sex terms in use today were originally coined by Dan Savage. Um, So I don't want to say that this is like uniquely true of pegging, but, you know, just I think use it with awareness of the history around the term, I guess. Mm, Yeah. Um, I guess, so I wanted to talk a little bit about like sex toy safety, which I think we've touched on a little bit, but Jamie, I'm kind of curious if you could talk about just like a little bit of an overview of safe sex when it comes to sex toys, like what types of cleaning and protection practices make sense if you're using a sex toy with multiple partners, for example, um, or anything else that you want to share in that area.
2: Yeah, for sure. So in terms of safety with sex toys, first and foremost, even if you're just using it yourself, definitely always clean it because bacteria is is always a question. Um, So use soap and water. Definitely. I know sometimes it's just like, oh, I'm going to leave this and do it later. Um, And then if multiple people are using it, there's some additional steps to take. Um, So for any toy that you can, just use a condom. I think that's always best practice. If it's bigger like a magic wand you could use a dental dam or a rubber glove you can just put a little rubber glove over the top you can cut wow, up a condom so smart. Or something like that. <laughs> looks kind of funny but it, it, it's effective um, and with a, a porous sex toy so a sex toy that's made of something like leather or rubber or plastic it's a lot harder to properly sterilize that and bacteria is more of a risk so if you have a porous sex toy that you can't put a condom over is probably not the best toy to use with multiple partners. In terms of non-electrical and non-pore sex toys, so silicone, metal, glass, usually I'll put them in the dishwasher or I'll boil them on the stove. I would say just check about the material before you do that. There's a scene in Broad City, speaking of uh, representations of sex toys as kind of disasters on TV. There's a scene where Abby puts this guy's expensive dildo in a dishwasher and completely ruins it. And he gets very angry. (laughs) So definitely check before you do that. Um, And then a couple other things that come to mind for me, you definitely want to be sure that if you're playing with a sex toy anally, that you sterilize it before you use it anywhere else and make sure that you don't put anything in your butt that doesn't have some sort of flared bottom to catch it. If it gets sucked up there, you definitely don't want to lose anything. So just a PSA
0: that's great that's so helpful um Mm -hmm. all right well great jamie thank you so much for joining us for this this was so much fun um yeah yeah it was great talking to you about thanks for having me all things sex
3: all right well we'll talk to you later thanks again Um, bye um that was our show hope y'all learned a lot i certainly did um if you enjoyed it you can give us some money on patreon at patreon.com slash season of the bitch help us Um, buy
0: some new sex toys
3: Yes, yeah. please. After this episode, we really need to go out. We know like what materials we need to buy them. <laughs> so you know. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at season of the bee. Send us an email, seasonofthebee at gmail.com, visit our website seasonofthebee.com, and you can rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or whatever rating thing is on wherever you're listening to us right now. Please give us good reviews, not bad reviews, because <laughs> we hate bad reviews. Yeah. Truly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Love y'all. Love y'all bye. Love bye. bye.
1: Season of the bitch.